Welcome to Tips from the Server Room. This podcast is designed for all you systems admins, network specialists, or the guys and gals out there in the office who handles it all. Sit back, relax, grab a beverage, and enjoy Tips from the Server Room. Hey folks, welcome back once again to Tips from the Server Room. This is episode number 144 for October the 24th, 2019. I am once again your host, Jack, and I'll be help guiding you into, through, and back out of the worlds of systems administration, network administrations, and all fields of IT. Please check out my website at tipsfromtheserverroom.com, and I hope that you do. Uh, do that. And we need more comments on these shows, guys and girls out there. I need to know that you're listening. Uh, I've been going through, uh, is it PodPress or Blueberry or something, but they're not tracking my downloads anymore. And I can't, I just can't get it figured out. Um, I emailed them today and they said something about there's a redirect link and I, I don't, I don't get it, but they used to track them, but it doesn't seem to be working correctly anymore. I thought if I just, uh, did a category on my uh, podcast, it would be tracked. So I need your comments. I need to know that you are listening to this show, that we need to continue it. And uh, that would be greatly appreciated. You can also email me at tipsfromtheserverroom at gmail.com and uh, send those emails in so I know you're listening and I know that you're uh, taking some of this show in. If you want to learn the very best of Windows Server 2012 and get uh, very much uh, educated on it from install to administration, check out jtclearning.com and you can sign up right now and begin learning right away. You can also sign up for our, uh, well, sign up for, it's not really a newsletter at this point. It is more of a um, a posting. Uh, I guess you'll get an email when I do a post, but sign up for Jack's techcorner.com. I think you'd be really impressed with it. Uh, I have a lot of responses from that uh, website and uh, people are really impressed with the, uh, the the information I put out there for you. So, But if you sign up, what happens is you get an email uh, and it's a really nice looking email whenever I do a uh, posting on that blog. So check that out, jackstechcorner.com. So tonight, folks, we are going to talk a little bit about external storage, a little uh, story from the trenches there, as it was, uh, that, uh, you know, sometimes when you work from home, you think everything's going to be great, and you run into a little snag, so that does happen, but we're going to talk about that a little bit this evening, and we're going to talk about different kinds of external storage that we can use, and uh, how these actually are, are kind of set up. Um, not really in depth of how they're set up, but how ours is set up, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. So there's two different types, actually probably three different types of external storage. Uh, well, not counting the cloud now, right? Because we have the cloud is external storage. But NAS, or Network Attached Storage Device, and uh, the Network Attached Storage Device is just that. It's attached over your network. You give it an IP address. And you can access the files, the folders, and the shares on the NAS just like you would on a file server. 
I like to use a network attached storage device because usually I can hook it to my Active Directory domain and I can give the permissions just like everybody has and it works really nicely. And uh, it works really easily uh, with, you know, the network and uh, Windows servers. So it, it's a good system to run and as a network attached storage device. Now there's also a SAN, a storage area network. Now the SAN, I guess, differs a little bit, and I tried to find a really good definition, and the only thing I found was this one that I'm going to read to you. Most of the computer sy computing systems which can be connected to the local area network, or a LAN, through WAN, would use NFS, CIFS, and HTTP protocol to get connected to a NAS, or sharing of data the network attached storage device. But in order to get connected to a SAN, the server class devices with the SCSI fiber channel is required. Such a fiber channel of the SAN has limitations of around 10,000 megabytes at best. A NAS recognizes data by the file name and the byte offsets transfer file data and file metadata and handles security, user authentication, file locking. A SAN addresses data by disk block number and transfers raw disk blocks. So as you can see there is a lot of differences between the NAS and the SAN and I can never really think of, I mean I guess I did have a SAN at one time because I did have a SAN from Dell uh, connected through fiber channels to my backbone of my network, uh, and it worked really well. Uh, but most instances, it seems like I'm using a, a, a NAS, a network-attached storage device. Uh, they work very well also. Now, I think that's kind of where we're in our segue of talking about what we have at our office today. Well right now anyway and by the way tonight if you hear me pausing at any time I'm probably taking a drink and the beer tonight is called Fat Tire it's an amber L it's very smooth uh, I suggest that you go out and pick up a six pack of am of uh, Fat Tire uh, it's it's a very good beer so but if I pause usually I'm taking a quick swig there to keep the vocal cords wet and so I can keep talking but Okay, so what we are using in our network at work, and this is something I inherited, is a Synology drive. Now, a Synology drive, you listen to, if you listen to the Mike Tech Show, Mike talks a lot about Synology, and he loves them. And I've had a love-hate relationship with this box. I mean, this box is hosting our intranet site, which is our internal uh, network uh, site that is basically, well, not basically, it is the uh, the meat and potatoes of our business. It, we're running an application as a virtual machine on there. And the last gentleman that worked there, he did the very best with the resources he had. Uh, younger guy, you know, uh, I think I walked in and I said, look, we need this, 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 and this. And they're like, holy crap, Jack, what are you talking about? And I'm like, well, we have to make this work. And we're going to have to spend a little bit of money because your servers from 2011, matter of fact, they're running 2011 small business server on it. 
and it's dying. It's dying a very rapid death. So, but I inherited the Synology drive uh, that the gentleman put on there, and then he put VirtualBox on their small business server, and that is what's running the meat and potatoes of the company, uh, VirtualBox, which is fine. And I told him, I said, you know, I've done it in the past, decades ago, uh, you know, where I would use something like uh, VMware, you know, desktop VMware, and I would open up my VMs and, and serve out those to, you know, to whoever I was serving those to. So I told him, it's fine. Um, he felt really bad because I, was, I wasn't coming down on him. I was just like, really? Are you are you serious right now? You're using VirtualBox to serve up your major application for this business. Hmm. Kind of strange, you know. At the very least, what I would do is I would get ESXi, uh, you know, the, uh, the VMware virtualization software, and put that on there for free, and then load up my virtual, you know, VMs on there. But... Uh, he did the very best he could, and he's a good guy. He really is a really good guy. He's really knowledgeable, and uh, like I said, you know, so he fired it up, and he put a Linux server on there. I think it's running, oh, man, I think 1601 or 16. Yeah, I think it's 1601, but anyway, everything is very old at this point, and the Synology drive I've had a love-hate relationship with. So the Synology drive we have set up as SMB file shares, Right, because it's basically a small Linux box, and we also have, or he also had, he set up some um, some SCSIs, and he set them up as as LUNs or LUNs. And with an LUN, he decided he was connected to that main server with the SCSI cable, which is absolutely fine. I told him it works. I wouldn't do it that way. Um, I would do it through you know a backbone of a network connection. Because then I have access, you know, across my network to that. And he said, that's fine. He said, it's connected both ways. You can still access it through the network. So I said, well, that, that's a positive. But uh, we're having a lot of trouble with the small business server from 2011, naturally. And that's why we put, you know, new servers in now in the server rack. And everything is uh, up and running and selling along very nicely. But with this custom application, um, I set up a new, and we'll talk more about this, I think, next week. We're going to talk about um, things that you may actually um, acquire or inherit when you walk into a company and you become the technology manager and you sit down in that chair for the first time. You're like, holy shit, maybe I should have took this job in the first place. Maybe I should have ran out the door. They didn't really explain this to me too well. But uh, you may inherit some Linux servers, and we're going to discuss that probably next week. Um, so, you know, just to wet your whistle a little bit and get your mind rolling around that a little bit about Linux servers. Uh, and we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute here. But so anyway, the Linux server is running, like I said, I think it, it might even be older than 16. But here's the problem. It's running PHP, the whole entire application, the web application for the internet is running PHP. It's a very old version. So when I spun up on our new server, which is running Hyper-V, which again, I don't like. I think Hyper-V, why would you run anything on Windows? That's just, that's probably the most asinine thing you can do in the world. And if you did, I'm sorry, I'm just, that's my opinion. 
I would run everything on VMware because it's a very small, I mean, come on, I run VMware off of a thumb drive. That's what I run the whole operating system off of. The ESXi is what I did, or I think they actually rebranded that now as something else, but whatever, you know, you get my drift. And I could put as many virtual machines on those drives as I want, but the company we're dealing with, uh, the company, well, the day, the, the company I'm working for hired a company on the interim of, of hiring me. Uh, so before they were interviewing me or that, you know, they put the job out, well, they needed somebody in there with some, you know, uh, common sense and whatever. Well, they ordered a new server and they ordered it with Hyper-V. And then when they hired me and I went in, I was like, oh, crap, no. And I called the company up. I said, look, guys, I said, we don't want Hyper-V. We want VMware on here. Uh, we don't know VMware and Linux. We don't understand. Uh, look, guys, we don't really want Hyper-V on here. I mean, and if you're a Hyper-V fan, then, then that's fine. God love you. I'm glad you're doing a good job with Hyper-V. But, you know, Windows is Windows is Windows, right? Windows, when it needs an update, it's going to take the update. It's going to reboot it. And who knows if those Hyper-Vs come back up. And, and I've been having a heck of a time with a Windows 10 virtual machine that every time I got a remote into it, I got to reboot it, and it's sitting on a Hyper-V. So I'm not a fan of Hyper-V. I am very sorry. I wish I could be, but I am not. Uh, I'm a VMware guy, and that's just the way life is. So anyway, the Synology drive, back to the Synology drive, is set up with file shares, SMB file shares, which works extremely well. It does. Uh, and these these LUNs. So, you know, and he put this fiber channel in. So, and I talked to him, I said, why did you do that? Why did you make more complications on top of something that didn't need to be that complicated? And he explained to me that, well, the LUNs are faster and it's faster through, you know, a SCSI cable into a SCSI card. And I said, absolutely. I mean, I agree with you. That's fine. So uh, that's the way it's connected. Well, the server, for whatever reason, decides every now and then that it's just going to shut off. So there goes the virtual machines, there goes the internet site, there goes our data center, there goes our call centers. And uh yeah, it's been it's been really a really a nightmare. Um I actually told my wife today I was talking I texted her during the day uh when it went down yes, you know what? I said I got to rethink this whole job. I said is this really somewhere I need to be, you know, dealing with this old, you know, piece of shit and i really don't know if i need to be here so <laughs> uh, she said well you'll get through it and i said okay so i went back i started digging around i said you know what just for giggles i'm going to plug it into a different power strip in the server rack because maybe maybe it's a power issue or something in this one strip that we have so so I did move it today. We're going to keep our fingers crossed and see if we can keep it running. But again, that's the 2011 uh, small business server. So it needs to go anyway. But they hired this company, an outsourcing company. And if you're an outsourcing company, then, hey, more power to you. I wish I – I've been telling my way for years I want to start my own business. I want to quit my job, walk away start handing business cards out, and start running my own MSP. I really, really want to do that. But she told me I have to wait until I retire from my job. Uh, so I'll be uh, 62 at retirement, and then I'm going to start my own business. So that is definitely the path I'm taking. 
Uh, I'm already starting the paperwork into that way, so I know that's where I'll be heading. And uh, and I'm just going to pick up the jobs that I want to pick up. I, I don't want to work you know, 40 or 80 or 90 hours a week, just a few clients, just to keep busy. So that's that's my plan. But I'll be semi-retired. So the Synology drive, the reason I have a love-hate relationship with is because, and I didn't realize this until yesterday working from home, and what happened was, you know, I use, um, and we talked about this a few weeks ago, uh, PRTG. So PRTG, I'm working from home, bing, my watch goes off, my Apple Watch. I look, sure enough, the server's down again. The old server is offline. Well, the first thing I try to do is remote into it. Well, you can't. So I knew that right then that it powered off. So I was smart enough and quick enough to get a hold of one of our people at work who I work with daily on a daily basis with database programming. And I said, hey, do you think you can go in? I told her where the key was to the cabinets. I said, can you go in and actually restart that server for me? She said, oh, absolutely. So she did a good job. Well, then the Synology drive still wasn't connecting because we connect to it with the iSCSI. I think it's called the iSCSI initiator on a Windows server. So it wouldn't connect. It wouldn't connect and it wouldn't connect. I said, all right, well, I'm going to reboot the Synology drive. So I rebooted that remotely and I waited for it to come back up. Still wouldn't connect. So then... I shut it down and then I called her back and said, can you start? And I took a picture. I've had pictures of my server rack. So I sent her a picture of the Synology drive. I said, can you go and turn this box back on? Turn it. It's going to blink blue. It blinks until it fully boots up. That's okay. Just let it blink. And, uh, and then I'm going to see if I can reconnect. I still couldn't connect. I was like, what is, and by that time, I mean, I, you know, I was set up, I was working from home for the day. By that time, it's like, okay, well, I'm going to go ahead, get dressed, drive to the office, you know, drive the 30 minutes out to the office, sit down and try to figure out what's going on. I thought, no, you know what? I'm going to be doing a little in-house detective work. So I started digging around a little bit and I thought, wait a minute, let me log on to the Synology drive. So I logged on to the Synology drive. And I went to the iSCSI uh, bank of drives that this gentleman set up. There's like six of them. And I started digging around. Well, it told me on the virtual machine drive that it was connected. I'm like, connected? And there was little arrows. So I clicked on the point down arrow. Here it was connected to our Hyper-V server. And I was like, what? Why would it be connected to your Hyper-V server? I, I never remember doing that myself. Um, maybe I did. I don't remember it. But so I went to the Hyper-V server. And here's something with the iSCSI initiators, uh, the software, is if you click on one of those connectors and you tell it to add it to favorites, what happened was whenever this happened that, that, that was on that server, when the primary server it was connected to went down, all of a sudden, it was available, right? Because we have it single connection only because of data integrity. So when it went down, it was like, well, now it's available. So it connected to that that Hyper V server, um, you know, for whatever reason. So I went in. Once I found out, I logged on the Hyper V server. I disconnected it. I took it out of the favorites, so it doesn't try to reconnect uh, for any reason unless I want it to. And I went back to the old server, hit connect, boom, I connected right in. I was able to open up our virtual box and start the Linux server that houses the intranet site so the workers can get back online. 
something else we're going to talk about here in a few weeks that you've never done one is a uh, a network or a server incident report. And we're, we are going to talk about that one week. I think i got to put that in my notes here somewhere where um, give you some idea about writing incident reports. I don't know if you do. A lot of jobs out there, you know, you just fix it and just go on about your day. But, you know, when you have an outage for any reason that affects your entire company, I think you need or you should at least write an incident report for you and your tech department. Uh, just in case it happens again, they they would know which way to turn, right? And what to do with that uh, incident. So I just think that's something that you need to think about. Uh, but we'll talk about that probably like three weeks out. So next week, I told you, we're going to talk about some uh, inheritance. Uh, when you start a new job, and you inherit something that you have to learn and deal with. And, and man, it's been an uphill battle. But um, but I mean, other than that, I, the company I'm working for, I still enjoy it. I like it. Uh, it's much different than education. Education, we had free reign. We spent hundreds of thousands of dollars every year on software and hardware. And nobody complained about it because we weren't bringing any money in. We were educating kids. I mean, it, it was a no-brainer. It was, you know, and um, it's it's government money that comes into school districts in the form of technology grants. And you have to use it. So if they give you a grant of, you know, $20,000, and you better spend the $20,000 or you're not going to get it next year. So that was nice. But when you work for business, and a lot of you out there listening to this podcast, I'm sure you work for businesses out there. And uh, it gets to the point where, you know, if you want to buy a mouse, you're like, well, should I really spend that $9 or not? I mean, think about that. So it's something you got to deal with. One thing about business, I do work for a uh, a very decent uh, family, a very decent uh, owner. And I told him that, uh, and we're a market research firm, but I told him, I said, we're more of a of a computer, uh, how would we say this? We're more of a technology company that does market and research because they could not do research and marketing without the technology that we're providing them. So when you look at that, and that's many companies. I drive by so many companies. That's why I told my wife, I said, I got to become an MSP because holy hell, every company out there, every place that opens their front doors to anybody has a computer. Even if it's one, they need support and services. And I can be providing that. And and it's just it just irritates me a lot that, you know, she always holds me back and says, oh, no, you know, we need a job and we have to have money coming in. And and I, I get it. I understand. I was thinking about that today when I was taking my one of my, you know, walks through the I call it walks through the yard. I don't know if you do that your business or not, but um, it's like being in prison, you know, well, we get to go out in the yard for 15 minutes, and get out of our cell for a little bit, but. You know, and I hate feeling that way. I mean, the thing about owning your own company is you're always on the go, and you're making your own millions of dollars. You're not you're not making millions of dollars for somebody else. But um, but this company is kind of interesting because I'm the backbone of the whole entire company, and I know this. I understand that. You know, everybody in that company relies on me to do their jobs. Uh, they couldn't perform their jobs if I wasn't doing my job. So. Um, you know, and and I always tell my team that I sit down with my team and I say, "Look, guys, they couldn't do their jobs if all of us aren't doing our jobs." So, it's it's a it's a great way to look at it, but I think I'm still missing out on 
on the big picture. I really do. Um, you know, I love being my own boss. I, I like being the guy that goes in. I was watching a TV show last night called something, the law bluff or the bluff law or something. I don't remember what it is, but, and I told my wife, I said, that's great. When you walk in as the owner, you go, Hey, I want to see everybody in the conference room right now. We're going to have a little meeting. I want to be that guy. I don't want to be the guy that, Oh man, I can go to another meeting with the boss. You know, I don't want to be that guy. I want to be the guy that caused the meeting. Like, but anyway, Hey, life will go on. Right. Um, I'm getting older. I figure out, you know, I'll be dead and gone in 15 years. So who really cares after that point? But anyway, that's a down note. Let's bring it back up again. So, um, anyway, I found the uh, issues with the Synology drive. I told you being logged into a different uh, server and I got that all straightened out. So that is all fixed up. So I think the moral of the story is tonight, don't be afraid of network-attached storage devices or SANs. I think you need to know which one you need to put in your network and which one is important. Um, but other than that, you know, I usually choose a NAS because of the smaller um, the smaller businesses I deal with. Is, is That's what I choose. But, uh, but the Synology drive, man, I tell you what, I became a fan now. Once I logged in there and I figured out it's telling me where it's connected and it, it gives you so much information on that interface. I think Synology is a really great solution for a network attached storage device. Um, so, you know, check them out, see what you think. They build those things in so many different configurations out there. So, so see what you think and see if that's going to work out for you. And once again, folks, comment on these shows, email me, let me know. Hey, Jack, we're listening to you. You know, we give a crap, you know, Whatever. I mean, and I know I've taken nulls and taken time off this show uh, during the summer because I do a lot of other stuff in the summer. Uh, a lot of other type of shows that don't involve computers or cameras or anything. So, but uh, I do these during the winter months and I do these like, yeah, it's, it's a TV season basically is what I do. I kind of follow the TV season. So, and uh, do me a favor, please, please do me this favor. Uh, if you like this show, go to my Patreon page and send me $1 million a piece. No, don't do that. I don't have a Patreon page for this show. But but remember, you can go to my Amazon link and you can buy anything in Amazon. Click on that link and give me a few pennies back from your uh, your purchases. I do appreciate that. It does help the show a lot. Uh, and if you go to Jack's Tech Corner and I think tips from the server room, I think there's a donate button. You can donate to the show, you know. Any denominations are good, like $1,000 to $10,000 is, is perfect. Um, you know, get me out of my rut and maybe, you know, help me create that MSP out there. Uh, if you own an MSP and you say, hey, I want to, i like to, uh, you know, expand into the Pittsburgh region, let me know. and Maybe we can work out some kind of a deal where I would take care of the Pittsburgh region for you and I would get, you know, 80 or 90% of the cut. And I think that would work out perfectly, so... All right, everybody. Well, thanks for listening. I do appreciate you coming around. I, I would hope that more people will communicate with me, though, and talk to me. I'm not a tyrant, and I'm not mean or anything. So, I mean, you could email me and say hello. Uh, definitely comment. I was looking at some stats today. Uh, I see the show is downloaded, you know, thousands of times each week. So that's pretty impressive um, as far as the one stats page I found. But like I said, Blueberry's just not working for some reason. And, you know, whatever it's with them. It's not on me. I don't, I don't understand what they need me to do, but other than that, 
Thanks, everybody, uh, for listening, downloading, and subscribing. And I will talk to you next week. Take care, and bye-bye for now. You just listened to Tips from the Server Room with your host, Jack. If you have any questions, please drop me a comment at tipsfromtheserverroom.com. Thanks again for tuning in and downloading the shows. Now sit back, relax, and listen to the remainder of the music. We'll see you next week on Tips from the Server Room. So long. <laughs>